Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Jamie. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number three. And coming up, Jamie and I will be talking about abortion. Also in this episode, Oh, the Humanity. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Okay, so we're all set here for episode number three. Three. Uh, As we're recording this, yep, we're recording this intro right now on October 2nd. So this is the day after we uh, officially, quote unquote, released the podcast and um, I don't know. It's been kind of fun to finally get the thing out there. We've been we've spent so much time working on it. You know, it's nice to see uh, some fruits yes. from our yes. labor. I don't know. What are your What are your thoughts oh, on our on our well, release on, our, on the right. unveiling? Well, I am particularly excited because there's a lot of people who did not believe I had a podcast because they've been waiting so long to hear it, and so, uh, <laughs> it, it, I'm, so like, you say. I'm like, hey, listen, look. <laughs> It is real. I am a co-host of a <laughs> podcast, and here it is. So it's it's been neat to kind of um, like hand people, so to speak, like this um, all pretty done up package, uh, like finished. So suck on yeah, that, this, this, right? <laughs> this finished package. Um, it, it it it's been cool that people here, like my wife, she she of course has been hearing almost everything one sided. Um, the whole time, mm-hmm. but she has listened, you right. know, through the the episodes now, and and she was like, "Whew!" She goes, "It's she, amazing that even though even though she was only hearing your side of the argument, she still thought you were losing all of the arguments." <laughs> right, you know, she said, "That's yeah, kind of right. weird how that yeah. turned out." She she said, uh, "She goes, <laughs> oh, she goes." You only embarrassed yourself a couple of times. That's good. <laughs> no, but people, I think people right, well, are pretty happy with um, how it's turned out. And, and I know that we are. Yeah, I think so. And I know that it's just going to get better, but it, it's been exciting to see right. people's reaction. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been getting some some mostly positive, well, all positive reactions, actually. I haven't, I haven't really heard anything negative. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out here is that um, – so these first few weeks, we're going to be releasing episodes every week, but at some point, probably a month into it or so, we're going to be going uh, bi-weekly, right? We're going to be releasing new episodes every other mm-hmm. week. And then, the, so the reason we wanted to do that is, well, you know, we didn't want this to dominate our lives. We have a lot of fun doing it. We want to do a good job, but, you know, we still, you know, one thing that I that I really appreciate um, and I think we're we're definitely on the on the same page from the get go. Is that family has priority, right. right? And so you know we've had several several times when we had scheduled to record and things like that, and we had family issues come up. and And I really appreciate, I, you know, I I know it's you know we've both kind of are thinking the same thing, but I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate the flexibility that you've been, uh, you know, showing in um, in that kind of thing. In in you know when family things right. come up. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a yep. given, you know, it's, it's okay. Well, we'll record and a different day and that's fine. That's and part so- of the genius of, I think of, of how, <laughs> how we set it up is that. So 
the idea was if if we recorded every other week and if we had a few podcasts kind of in the bank, so to speak, ready to go, that uh, we wouldn't ever feel like, oh, you know, some big things have come up, right, but right. and we still have to record tonight because we have to have this done by this date to have this out by that date, and that would just take all the fun right. out of it. And and so yep. I think you and I both were, and then I think the quality would suffer as sure, a result. Yeah. It, I think the quality would suffer as if we feel rushed or if we feel like it's drudgery. And we want to be consistent. Kind of we uh, that's one of the things right. that I found I like about podcasts are. There are certain podcasts that, that I subscribe to that they're very consistent. I know such and such will be out mm-hmm. on, on Monday night and I look forward to those. And right. so we also wanted to be consistent. We wanted to make sure that there was a podcast out, you know, every other week without fail. And in that way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people don't think we've, we've fallen off, you know, the edge of the, the, the map and, and, and now, now we're done. We're, right. we're going to be consistent right. with this. So I think we've laid out a pretty good, plan it's only taken us a year (laughs) right (laughs) oh boy yeah it's been a long road to get here but anyway okay so so um so we're happy we're happy things are have uh rolled out well we got the websites up and running this uh this third episode we're going to well i suppose in a way it's a religious topic but not entirely i mean there's definitely uh you know other than, you know, there's influences other than religion mm-hmm. as far as people's uh, opinion on uh, on abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the the subject we're talking about today. And, and you know, the uh, listening to some of the uh, atheist shows that I listen to and some of the atheist groups, uh, there are pro mm-hmm. uh, pro life secular pro life yeah. mm-hmm. out there. Yep. Exactly. And so and so that's um, so there's there's plenty well, there's plenty of room for argument mm-hmm. here. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on there? I know that Ohio has been involved in some of the stuff recently. So let's, uh, yeah, the last, know, how, how's this going to relate to the last um, year or last year or so? Um, the abortion uh, topic has kind of been thrown into the news. So, I mean, I mean, we've seen this since Roe v. Wade. You know, every X amount of years, we'll, we'll have kind of this, the, the abortion topic uh, uprising again, where it's in politics and it's in public discourse mm-hmm. and, and then it'll die off for a little bit. And, and, and it's kind of, I don't know if it's the bear in, in slumber or, or volcano that's dormant. And then, uh, and then something right. happens. And, 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 and that's what we've seen this last year is we've had a number of um, pro-life governors. Um, I, I guess I don't want to say, pro-life judges, but regardless, we, we, there have been a, a number of pro-life uh, pushes and some, some also some pro, pro-choice pushback in other states. Uh, in Ohio, where I'm from, is, has been on kind of uh, in, the, uh, in the front as, as far as that, that goes, um, putting, out, mm-hmm. putting out some legislation um, on abortion, limiting, um, you know, uh, abortion and so and we see certain states limiting abortion completely and other states limiting right, abortion right. at certain times and and then we see other states uh, even opening up abortion even more um you know some of the more pro-choice states opening up even more so it's been a real activity i, I almost like it to a volcano um you know that it's sat dormant for a while and now we're having some earthquakes mm-hmm. and some some fissures open up and some, 
you know, we have some magma flow. And, right, and, right. And, and um, so that's what's been going on the last year is abortion has. Yeah. And everybody has an opinion on abortion. Everybody. So. Right, right. So there's there's a plenty plenty of room yes, for argument this, there this to topic be had. Is going to hit home for everybody. Everyone has, and and right. it's not like it's um, a, a real easy going opinion either. Like there are strong opinions. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, um, if you're pro life, you're pro life. You're pro choice. You're pro. There's not a lot of people that are like, oh, you know. You know, there's not a whole lot of that going on. Well, I mean, if there are, they, they're they not the ones who are grabbing the headlines, right? right? I mean, if if so, you know, so if there is that center group, then, you know, they, they just don't really say much because, it, you know, it's not really a strong issue for them. So so we're definitely, uh, you know, this is definitely a, a current, is, as if it couldn't be a current uh, current event. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, one thing that I wanted to bring, and, and we do talk about this a little bit in the in the discussion itself, but I just want, I, I think it's worth, uh, it bears repeating here. And that is that, uh, we, we at least have to acknowledge that we're a couple of men talking about what is basically uh, a woman's issue. And now I know, uh, it does affect everyone. It, it's, it, it does affect everyone, but I think that, uh, as, as, as two people who, uh, can't, or it would be extremely difficult for us to get pregnant, um, you know, it's, it's not an issue that affects us directly. Obviously it affects people that we care about. Uh, and that, and that doesn't mean that we can't have an opinion, but I do think that, um, you know, that that's something that needs to be acknowledged is that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just a couple of guys talking about something here. And so we don't have that, that female perspective and, you know, we can still have a discussion. Obviously we can still talk about, uh, what's important to us. We can still talk about the ramifications on the, the legal end of the deal. Right. I mean, there were a lot of, there were, but, but at the end of the day, at, there were, yeah, there were a lot sorry, of people in, in the 1800s or 1700s, 1800s that didn't own slaves, um, that still had an opinion on it. And right. so, yeah, right. Yeah. Of so, course. um, I think that was, um, that, that was a good representation. Yeah, we're not we're not female, and th- that does carry a different, maybe a different perspective. And we'll try to mm-hmm. try to be uh, cognizant of that. But it's also right. okay to, uh, just because we're men doesn't doesn't mean that that we can't have or shouldn't have um, an opinion either either way on this topic. Right. Yeah, I mean we we both have female family members and and so but i but i I think it would um i think that we would welcome opinion from uh from women out there if you want to email us and and tell us no you know you're just a couple of guys you don't know what you're talking about that's fine if you want to uh if you if you want to um inform us i mean we're always open to uh hearing other opinions and so i I think if someone was going to email us scott how would they go about doing that how would they do that? Well, we happen to have a, a thing on the interwebs <laughs> all set up to uh, to get that kind of stuff. And they'd email us to email at godornotpodcast.com. Very good. Or they could go to the website and the, the email address is there. The, we, uh, the email, sorry, the website is, of course, www.godornotpodcast.com. We take hate, we take love. And everything in between. <laughs> so send us your email, and we and we take it all with a grain of salt. We might read it right? on the air. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. So uh, then, having said all of that, let's wade into this uh, discussion on Sounds abortion. Good. 
This is the main event. All right, everybody, here we go. Put the gloves on. We are jumping into the weeds. Today on the God or Not podcast, we're talking about abortion. Just some light talk, you know. Right, just light, tea, you know, light tea banter. Time, tea time talk, really. Exactly, right. Pinkies out and everything. Uh, so uh, this is one of those... Um, Already, already, <laughs> this is this is one of those subjects that will, are, are are what we call evergreen, meaning they are <laughs> evergreen. They are something that as long as there are abortions, this will be uh, a topic for discussion. And so, um, while this is an evergreen subject, it's actually uh, recently been in the news. We've had a couple of places. Uh, in the United States here that have uh, pushed forward some bills, both uh, in the pro-choice camp and the pro-life camp. And so we're seeing this movement to put abortion back kind of in the wheelhouse or on the front page, so to speak. And so this podcast comes very timely. So I thought maybe we could- Straight uh, from the headlines. uh, I knew you were going to say that. I I feel like there should be like a law and order gong gong. Dung dung. I should get that sound effect. <laughs> so I'd probably get busted for it. it yeah, probably copyright <laughs> violation. So we lose the podcast right, right. and I'm homeless. But uh, so, Scott, why don't we start with um, your position? Why don't you go ahead and just give us a cliff note um, of where you stand on abortion and why? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I'm pro-choice. Um, and what I think it boils down to is there's really two issues, um, that, that this, uh, that this addresses first of all, and, uh, uh, for the first part would be what, what is it that makes a person, you know, what, what's the difference between, uh, some, a lump of cells and a human being, a person, a, a, a person with rights, an individual. Um, and so that would be the first part. The second part, which we'll talk about a little later on has to do with, um, what rights does a woman have to her body, you know, and to have things done to and with her body and, and those kind of things. And so, so there's really two issues for me. Um, I would say the bulk of my argument rests ba- mostly on the bodily autonomy side of it. And, um, but I think that, uh, the personhood issue I think is not irrelevant. And so, um, you know, so, so if we can start with that. Sure. I think, uh, that, first of all, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that what ends, what ends up happening is, is we start with the bodily autonomy and end up talking primarily about personhood <laughs> so, and, and somehow that gets drug in, uh, always uh, gets drug right. into the conversation. So right. uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and talk to me a little bit about so, when you think someone is a person. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, um, so just kind of, kind of recap well, for the, first of all, before we, before we say anything, um, I just want to comment on the fact that we're just a couple of guys talking about abortion. And so, so, you know, we're missing some very key, uh, perspectives here. Now that's not to say that we can't talk about it and that we can't, uh, have a meaningful discussion about it, but I, I think it's, I think it's worth at least mentioning that we're missing, um, you know, the female perspective on this. And so, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. And so, but I would say that, uh, 
the idea of, of a person is all, all going to be centered around an individual. You know, that that's what makes us a person is the fact that we're are, uh, an individual unit separate from uh, from other people around us. And so if we think uh, if we think about how the process goes about how, you know, a baby comes to be, we have, um, you know, the ova starting in, in the woman's ovaries and, um, you know, the woman is born with them. And uh, then at, then at some stage in in the woman's life, then uh, the circumstances are right. And, and in I'm blushing, the Scott. Eggs, I'm blushing. <laughs> what's that? I'm blushing. I'm blushing right <laughs> I'm now. Getting, am I getting am I too graphic already? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about like bits and parts and stuff. Right. Good. Uh, so, yeah. So at some point in the woman's life that, you know, the, the conditions will be right. And one of the egg. Uh, one of the eggs will leave and, and enter in the fallopian tubes. And that's an important step and it has to happen. Um, and so then uh, the egg will go down and then in some case, you know, and then under certain circumstances, the egg will be fertilized. And again, that's an important step. Uh, you know, you can't continue to the next step and, unless each of these steps is, is uh, completed to begin with. Um, so, you know, in, so in some of those cases, the egg will be fertilized. Um, and then in some of those cases, the egg will continue down and implant in the, in the uterus. Um, not all the time, but sometimes that'll happen under the right circumstances, of course. And then, um, so then the egg is implanted and then um, under certain circumstances, again, the, per, the correct environment and the correct uh, stimuli, uh, the egg will start separating and, and dividing and multiplying. And so then it'll grow into a you know, into an embryo and then eventually into a fetus. Uh, and then there's many stages of development in there. There's, you know, different types of organs begin to begin to grow, uh, you know, arms and legs begin to grow and that kind of thing. Um, but as then as the fetus is developing, then at some at some stage, the, the fetus becomes viable. And, and um, you know, we can def- define that a few different ways. But basically what I'm talking about is um, it becomes capable of because prior to viability, the the uh, the fetus is um, reliant on other systems within within the mother is reliant on uh, it can't uh, it can't provide all of the uh, everything that it needs on mm-hmm. its own so it has there has to be interaction there there has to be mm-hmm. uh, it's using the system within the within the mother's body mm-hmm. it's using you know the other systems already there so you would say uh, that but it, vi- viability then is is w- w- where you would endow someone with those those rights that we consider right. a, a, right. a person I would to say, have exactly i would say that when when the when the fetus becomes viable then it becomes uh when it would normally become viable okay there can always be uh you know uh hiccups or or, or speed bumps in the road or you know abnormalities or or, or difficulties with development. And that there, there could be those kind of things popping up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the normal process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so then at some point the fetus um, is no longer reliant on outside uh, assistance to perform its normal life processes. Okay. It can uh, digestion and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of respiration and all those kinds of things. Okay. And I would say, so, so at that point it becomes an individual from the mother um, at that point, it becomes uh, a separate being, and at that point, when it becomes the individual, that would be the stage where we would grant it with individual rights. Okay, so you're saying basically the point of viability um, 
Uh, now, something interesting, um, I w- might want to get your take on it. Tell me what you think is not not off the topic, but um, it's a little parlay here is I, I've been thinking that I could see an end to abortion. And, and here's where I could see an end to it with um, uh, ironically with science and artificial womb technology. Um, mm-hmm. What would you think about um, if, if we got to the point where a simple procedure could take the, um, the, uh, the other human in the womb, I won't call it a human mm-hmm. being yet because I haven't made my case. Let's so say the other human in the womb, simple procedure could take that human and put that then in, um, in, in an artificial womb of some kind. Would you be for or against kind of um, outlawing like your standard type of abortion uh, and, 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 and just say, well, listen, you know, you're going to have to get rid of it one way or the other. If you choose to do so, um, you know, w- w- why kill it if you don't have to kind of thing? Is that something you've ever Uh given thought to or um, what would you have to say about that? Uh, I suppose. I mean, that, that would, um, that would certainly affect the survivability of the fetus. Um, It would affect, um, you know, whether or not the fetus can, it would, it would artificially provide the environment that the mother's body provides, you know, currently. And, um, I, I, you know, that'd be, that'd be tough to say, you know, I'd, I'd have to think about that for certainly that would, uh, that would be a, a boon. That would be a good thing from the uh, bodily autonomy perspective, um, that may or may not be an issue with personhood. I mean, it's basically what we're doing is we're, we're, we're taking the mother's systems out of the picture and replacing them with artificial systems. Right. And so whether, whether, I mean, you could do the same thing like with, you know, uh, one of your organs or something, you could take an organ out and hook it up to a machine and keep it alive right. for a while. Right. Um, and so, you know, that, that doesn't make it a, a person. So we, we still have to discuss whether or not it's a person, whether or not it has individual rights and that kind of thing. Um, but you would, you, know, but you would, that, that, you, that'd be an interesting case. I'm not, case. Trying, it like, I'm, I'm not, this is not like a, I got your moment. I, I, I had, sure. I, I had n- n- no end to this. I, I just wanted to see what your thoughts were as far as like, no, if we could no. eliminate, um, this whole idea of, of the, the, the baby or the, the, the human being kind of that unwanted, um, I hate to call it a parasite, but that unwanted host there, if we had mm-hmm. a way of, of, of being able to, to allow it to live, um, it seems to me that might be the right. way, uh, the best way of, 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 uh, pleasing both. Of both yeah, sides I would, I would say, like I said, that would certainly satisfy the, you know, the, the bodily, autonomy, the mother's right to her yeah. own body. Um, the, I, I think the personhood issue would still be an issue because then that would come down, that would boil down to how do we need to treat this thing now? You know, is this a person or is this a, a, a lab specimen or a sample or, or, you know, like, like a seedling, like you're, sure. like you're nursing a seedling in a nursery kind right. of thing. You know, what, what a, we, that would be a separate issue that would not be an abortion issue that would, well, I suppose it would be, you know, from, from the perspective of the fetus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that would be a separate issue, but it would, but it would certainly satisfy my concerns as far as bodily autonomy. Okay. Very good. Go on. Um, and so, yeah, so I was going to say that, um, um, you know, the viability, that would be the point where I would say that we uh, infer the, the fetus with um, 
with individual rights. So I would just make one more comment about, um, you know, a lot of people would say that conception is the, you know, I know this is your position <clears throat> too. And, and, um, you know, a little sneak, sneak peek here, uh, for, <laughs> for what you're about to talk about. But, uh, um, you know, what happens at conception is, is the, the genome for that particular, uh, for that particular fetus is, is create, or the embryo, I suppose, at that stage, or even not even to that stage yet. Um, but the, uh, a genome is created at that point, And that's certainly an important step in the process. Um, but we don't, we don't use an individual genome to, we don't equate that with, with individuality. We know that, uh, identical twins at least, uh, have to start with the same genome. Uh, because they actually, because there's only one conception event for one thing. Right. Um, uh, you know, identical twins start out as one single egg, and so at the at the point where they split, they have identical, uh, you know, they have identical DNA, and so, you know, if we use DNA as as the marker for an individual, then you know, how do we how do we consider twins? Right. Um, and and also, uh, in it like an adult human being, not all of your DNA is the same. Right. You know. DNA threat, there's certain variations in your body, uh, uh, replication errors, mutations, all that sure. kind of stuff goes on. And so, so again, so, so, uh, having a unique DNA does not give you, uh, individuality and likewise being an individual does not guarantee that you'll have a unique DNA. And so, so that would be my preemptive argument mm, against that. But, um, I like, I see what you did there. I kind of like it. <laughs> well, I would, right, I would well, say that um, if you are, was that was that pretty a pretty good summary of your position then. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think that kind of wraps it up. So, of course, um, uh, my stance on the whole abortion issue is I believe that uh, life begins at conception, and I know we've had discussion about this before. So, um, some of the things that I've been thinking about as it relates to conception and the reason why we pick conception is when we do talk about the DNA of uh, the human in the womb, um, the reason why we say that DNA is individual to that human and the reason why I think that it could be used at least in part as a reason why to choose conception is because it's, it's different DNA. It's not the mother's DNA. It's not the father's DNA. So it's, it is human and it is a different DNA. So we're talking about a third party. Now we're not just dealing with the mother or the father, but there's a, a third party in there, regardless of whether or not you want to end out with rights yet or anything like that. Um, and so that would be one of the reasons why I think conception is, is that good starting point. But the other reason, actually, my wife thought of, and I don't know why I didn't think of this before. Of course, I was talking to her about some of our discussions, some of the stuff we do online. And, and she said, well, you know, conception is really the first time when you could have an abortion. It's the first time when you're pregnant. And so I mm -hmm. think that that's another reason why we would say, that, that that's, makes for a good starting point. It is the first time when um, anybody really even cares, right? Before that, you, uh, you pro-lifers aren't, aren't, aren't really saying much. It's after that egg has... Well, has, implantation. Implantation would be the... Because, right, so it's not a pregnancy until the... 
until the fertilized egg implants. Okay, so but but what I'm saying is, as a conception, that would be the first time where if it was intentionally, um, intentionally killed or intentionally destroyed, I believe that that would be. Um, destroying of a separate human individual. And so I think that with those two reasons, I think that makes conception a good starting place. Well, you said, you said, you just kind of called it a third party. You didn't really say, you know, why. Well, I'm not, I'm not giving it personhood yet. I'm not, Uh I'm not, I'm not giving it any rights yet. I'm saying that though, that it is human as human DNA Uh And I think that we could distinguish between, say, like a clump of cells. So, like, I could flick off some. So this sounds disgusting, but I could flick off some some cells off the top of my hand, and they could plummet to their death. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a part of me, but that is not me. And so, I think we have to distinguish between the parts and the whole. So, with right, with right. that thing that is in the womb, whatever you want to call it, uh, it mm-hmm. is uh, it is that thing. It is not part of that thing. It's not like a well, it's, clump it would be of part of the mother. Well, it would be part of the mother. No, it's right? the mother's egg. Well, the, when it's the, fertilized, the, but the see, that's the, I think, but, but but I think that that's part of the argument is is that when the egg is is fertilized with the sperm, that th- th- at that point now we're dealing with uh, separate DNA. Whether or not you want to say it's uh, uh, that um, allows it some kind of um, um, individual uh, genome equating to individual person. I'm not. I'm not. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not making that claim right now. That, that it becomes some, right. somehow that they are endowed at that point with personhood. I'm just so saying it's different than the DN than the rest of the DNA right, in, the, in right. the mother. And it's and it's different in that it isn't part of the mother in terms of like s- skin cells or skin DNA or whatever. That it is. Well, that's, isn't that, the part, that's it's the whole. Right. Well, that that's where that's where your opinion is coming in. Is that you're saying that it's not part of the whole? So you. So, so, so my question would be why why are you saying that that why are you saying that that would be the spot? Well, where you'd say that it's not part of the whole. That it's not part of the mother. Correct. Well, because I think at that point you could say that it's inside the mother, but the only thing that is that that is. Um, um, uh, connecting that mother with that egg is, is that environment, but that, that, that is not her DNA. And like I said, like I mentioned before also too, that, that, that is the, the first point in which an abortion could even happen. And so that's why we, we, we say, well, let, let's start at conception because if there's this, this question uh, it, between these camps of when does, is somebody when does life begin or you know what i i don't even know if it's and maybe you could speak on this i don't even know if it's controversial to say that life begins a conception i think what's controversial would be to say that we're going to now endow this um this this whatever it is this zygote or whatever with personhood or individual rights would you agree with that or not um, you know, I, I don't know. It depends what you mean by life. You know, it depends. Well, it depend, you I know, would say because because the because the egg cell was certainly alive before it was fertilized. Right. But I would. And so 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 yeah. it was living prior to that. Right. No, I get that. But I, I would say that the life would be like it metabolizes food for energy. It responds to stimuli and like it grows through cellular production. 
So like you're, you're getting those kind of things. And again, so it's, on, it's on, it's on the spectrum. It's on the spectrum right, it's on of, the, of know, life and that it's of development. And it's not, I, and I could, I think, I think it would be safe to say it's not the mother's life because it has different distinct DNA. The, well, again, that's, that's your, you're imposing that. That's your opinion. You're, you're saying it's not the mother's life. So my, my question is why? Because n- not the, just, again, it's, I, I it's, right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Scott, go ahead. I'm saying you're you're saying that you know the the DNA is different and it's and it's not the mother's life and what I'm saying is what's the connection there what you know why why are you saying it's not the mother's life just because just because the DNA of this egg has been changed Well I mean it it seems to me that that's that's a a pretty big distinction there that it's a third set of genetic material and that it is not like um, skin DNA or vomit DNA in that it is the whole and not the part. Sure. It's, it's a, it's new, it's a new DNA different than the rest of the DNA in the mother. Right. And it, and it's incorporated and it's but not, but it's not like skin DNA or vomit right. DNA in that those are parts of the mother. Whereas that fertilized egg now is, it is uh, distinct in that it is a whole itself. Right. That's what you're saying. That's your claim. Right. And what I'm asking is, can, can you justify that thing you just said? Uh, yeah, I think I did by saying that. Well, well, you, de- you described it, but you didn't, say, you didn't say why. Why is the fact that that, that that cell has DNA that's different than the rest of the body? Mm-hmm. Why, why does that fact make that different? Why does that make that not the mother? Because that because that could happen in other parts. You know, if if you could have a cell that, there, you know, there's a, a reproduction error or something like that, and and uh, you know, there's cells in your body that have DNA that's different than the rest of your body. If you have like a donor heart or something, the DNA in the heart is different than the rest of your body. Right. But that doesn't make it an individual. Right. So what, but, I'm, what okay, I'm asking right. is, well, what makes this an okay, individual? Okay, that's a good question, and I would say then we we lean on philosophy at that point and say that it has potentiality. So when we ask ourselves, well, what will this thing? What is this thing in the process of doing? And uh-huh. it's in the process of of growing as a human. And so it'd be different than some kind of rogue, you know, cell with some kind of crazy DNA in that it is, it has this potentiality um, about Mm -hmm. it that, that is human. Right. But again, that potentiality would exist all the way throughout the spectrum. Right. Unfertilized egg is potentiality and so on. That's true. But what I would say though, is the reason why we say, well, let's start at conception is because that's the first moment when an abortion could really take place. That is the first moment when there's a third set of DNA. You're not just dealing with the mother or father, but now you're dealing with um, this uh, third entity that has potentiality. That's why right. I would but say. It, but again, that's just descriptive. That's just a descriptive well, you of what's describe, happening. What I, well, you describe too what I'm, viability. What I'm asking is, right, but I'm saying viability, then we have a separate individual, an individual body that that is um, you know, capable of, of sustaining its own <clears throat> systems on, on its own. And so, so right. we would, we grant individual rights when we have an individual. And I say that you would grant, That's what I would say. grant individual rights because this is distinct from the mother and it is potentiality as a human being. 
right? Are, are those not good reasons? Like you keep asking me for reasons, and I'm trying to give right. you those reasons. But you're 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 saying you're saying it's it's distinct from the mother. Well, mm-hmm. you're assuming it's distinct from the mother. What what we know, what we would agree on, is that it's distinct from the rest of the mother's cells. And now that does that make and and so the question is, does the fact that it's distinct from the rest of the mother's cells make it distinct from the mother? Does the fact that the the DNA in that cell is different than the rest of the DNA around it does that make it not the mother? Because well, we can have it, other yeah, situations. Right. We can have other situations where there's an individual cell in the mother that has distinct DNA. I'm sure within your body, there's probably billions of of cells that have in unique DNA different mm-hmm. than the rest of your body. But we don't say that that's, that's an individual. Right. But, but the thing that makes it the individual is the potentiality. This is human in that it is in the process of, you know, it's metabolizing energy or food for energy and it's responding to stimuli. It's doing, it's growing through cellular reproduction and it's, mm-hmm. it's doing these things that um, it is in the early stages of development of a human being. Uh-huh. And so that's why I would say that it, it's not the mothers and that it's not the fathers, that it's a different set of DNA and that it is distinct and that it is human and that it has potentiality to, uh, through the course of its, obviously through the course of its, um, of its growth and development of being that fully developed human being. Mm-hmm. That's why I would say. Okay. So I. All right. Well, I, I think yeah. we're kind of going around in circles here. Yeah. So let's shut this off. I want. I did want to ask you one question before we go on yeah, to yeah. the bodily autonomy, and the, and what do you say about? So um, it turns out about uh, about fifty percent. You know, you're going to get different varying number, different margins of error, basically depending on what research you look into. But about half of the fertilized eggs do not implant and are flushed out of the mother's system with their normal cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is happening there? Do you, th- uh, do you think that, uh, you know, that there is a negligent homicide happening here? Or what, what's, <laughs> I, I, for some what's reason, I, for some reason, I hear the law and order thing again. Da, da. <laughs> uh, no, I think that what happens there are these is just people dying. Well, that's a, I would say that that's a natural abortion. And I would say it's very nuanced, but, one thing we could say about it is this, is I don't think that because these things happen naturally, that uh, th- that then follows, then, then we have the right to intentionally do that. So I'm saying one doesn't follow from the other. Right. I'm, I'm asking this as a separate question. So, so what, how does that, if, if you know that 50% of the potential human beings mm-hmm. are, are dying, right? Need needlessly, what well, what do you? Right. I mean, it well, seems it seems like we that, don't. It seems like we make no effort well, to uh, what, what, to what, do anything at all. Well, what could we? I mean, I think that we we have done things. For instance, um, women do all kinds of prenatal things. They do all kinds of things in advance of pregnancy to try to get pregnant and sustain the pregnancy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that if there was a way that um, women were able to do things, um, you know pre-fertilization, uh, pre-implant to make that more successful, um, I think mm-hmm. I think they I think they would. I mean, I know that, you know, that, that my, you know, th- there's some in my family who have um, done that. And uh, so I think that it, yeah, I mean, 
does it stink that we're we're losing these quote people through these natural natural abortions, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Um, and if there's a way to prevent but that, but you just consider that part of the circle, you know, part of the natural circle. Yeah, of I would life say that. I would say that if it's there unfortunate, was a way, right, but it happens. And we, if we, if there was something we could do to prevent it, you know, I would be in favor of trying to do that. Um, and, and but I think most people do try to do that through you know preventative things. You know, hey, we're going to try to have a baby or something like that. And there, uh-huh. you know, so um, yeah. I, I think that pretty much summed it up. I think it's tragic, but it's. I, I think obviously it doesn't then follow that we can intentionally do something like that. I, but I know right, you were yeah, talking. Yeah, I, I wasn't suggesting it was. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. So one one totally separate question here. Do you think then that we have an obligation to commemorate these lost souls here? Or do you? Uh, no. Should we be having a? Should we be having uh, <laughs> funerals every month? Wow! Yeah, no, that kind of thing. I, no, I think that um, that that's probably a good question. But I think what we what we see here is is that our attachment to things doesn't necessarily um, give value in terms of um, in terms of life. So um, you, you know, I, I don't want to open up a whole other can of worms, but there was this. Um, yeah, you do. Admit it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> there was this. Um, We're all friends here. You can admit that. <laughs> you've heard of the uh, experiment with the the thought experiment about the the you know the burning uh, in vitro lab, and there's mm-hmm. a two year old in the corner, and there's a thousand of these embryos, and you have mm-hmm. to make a decision to save one or the other, and and right. and everybody saves the two year old. And they're like, ah, right. see, it shows that you don't you don't think those are people either. And that's so. You, so here you are, a f- former fireman. You have a, <laughs> yeah. a you have a you're in a position to give a unique perspective on right, this particular. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a that's a good point. So as well as a fireman, not morally speaking, but as a fireman, a lot of it has to do with who, who do we think have the best chances at survival. Um, mm-hmm. But as a father. Um, uh, just because I would grab my two-year-old and not the thousand embryos on the petri dish uh, doesn't mean that those embryos um, are less valuable. However, I have a special attachment to my own child, you uh-huh. know. And if I if I if I had um, the opportunity to save my child or two of someone else's children, uh, that would give me a moment of pause. Do I save my child or do I save two uh, other children? I mean, that that's that's a tough decision. But just because right. I decide to save my child doesn't make those other two less valuable. So when, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah so, right. But yeah. What, so what, that's I'm, an emotional I'm, issue. Yeah, so I'm bringing yeah. it back around to this whole thing uh-huh. where you have all these spontaneous abortions, you know, and um, and and so while it's sad and and if we can prevent it, great. But I don't think we commemorate that kind of thing because we don't have any kind of special attachment. I don't think it makes it these these beings any less valuable. I just think mm-hmm. that obviously you know, we give, um, you know, special things to things we have special attachments to. And so that's why you're not seeing all kinds of, plus a lot of women don't even know these things happen. You know, sometimes these right. happen, they don't even know it. So. Right. Most you know, of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. I have one last question. Just, you can be a yes or no quickie and then we'll move on. Okay. So when people do in, in vitro fertilization, they mm-hmm. fertilize eggs with the intention of throwing most of them away. Right. Do you think these people are murderers? Boy, no, but 
I, I haven't given this much thought, um, to be honest with you. So, okay. All right. I didn't that, want to make, to make it, you know, another rabbit hole here. So we can question. move on. I asked for a yes or no answer and you gave it. So we don't need to, you know, dwell on it. All right. Very good. So, uh, let's, um, if, if you, if you're kind of, uh, finished with me, so to speak, uh, <laughs> in that, I'm done uh, with this one. Bring in the next one. Right. Bring in the next one. Uh, how about we move on to this idea of bodily autonomy? How does sure. that sound? All right. So why don't okay. you, um, because I think I would completely agree with you as far as the idea of bodily autonomy, as far as the definition of, so why don't you go ahead and, and give, um, give our, our listeners a sure. kind of a definition of this. Right. Well, the idea is that, um, is that if you possess anything, you, you possess your body, you own your body. If, if there's anything in, in the universe that is yours, it has to start with your body. That has to be, you know, your, your most fundamental possession, your most fundamental ownership, your most fundamental, I don't know if you'd use the word sovereign in, in mm-hmm. those respects, but you're, you, you know, right. you, your domain, right? That's it. And so, you know, and if we think about it in terms of, I like to compare it to uh, slavery, Okay. Now what's the difference between me doing a favor for my neighbor and me being my neighbor's slave? Well, the difference is my, um, my consent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if he says, Hey, can you, uh, um, can you get my mail for me while I'm out of town next week? Yeah, sure. No problem. I'm consenting to that. And so, um, the difference is if he said, uh, you're going to get my mail or I'm going to whip you you know, that, then that's crossing the line because it's against my consent or we right. could compare it to rape. Um, you know, consensual sex is a good thing, right? That's a good thing. And so um, rape against some, without somebody's consent, that's the, that's the dividing line between, mm-hmm. you know, if they give consent or they don't consent. Setting aside issues of like statutory rape and stuff like that. Minors can't give consent and so on. But, right. Um, <clears throat> so, so, you know, so giving consent separates it from a good thing and a bad thing. Theft. Uh, if I give you a pencil, then then it's all cool. But if you steal a pencil, then you know then you're then you're stealing it. So that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the line there. Or assault. Uh, for the longest time, I wondered how the heck do like hockey players get away with beating the crap out of each other mm. on the ice? And so I I, I, I actually Consent. asked a lawyer. <laughs> I asked I asked a lawyer friend of mine. I said, why don't <laughs> why don't uh, you know hockey players get fined? You know, get arrested of, you know, they're assaulting each other, but mm. it all boils down to consent. Right. If you consent to get the crap beat out of you, then, you know, then it's okay. And that, so, and so that, that whole idea <laughs> of consent. And so, so this bodily autonomy issue is based around, okay, is the mother consenting to this? And so mm-hmm. that's, that would be kind of what I, the, you know, the core issue of the bodily autonomy. Sure. There. Okay. Very good. So um, let me throw a couple things at you and and see what you think. So, um, sure. you know, kind of the idea is that what is in or on her, and, and then that kind of gives her the right to do with it or whatever, what you know, what she wants. So okay. um, I guess my question to you would be, um, I, I'm sure it's a yes or no question, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to elaborate on this. So say somebody um, – or in the future, we're able to to find out. Okay, we okay, we found out that homosexuality is genetically, um, you know, somehow genetically linked, and so um, mm-hmm. we're having children, and we find out through you know some genetic testing ahead of time that they are homosexual, and we want to have an abortion. Do you okay. think that that's something that is is still 
okay um uh, you know it being like a sex or you know like a um not sex selection, but we could even do that too. You know, hey, I wanted a uh, maybe a little less controversial. <laughs> hey, I wanted a boy right. and not a girl. Since it's a girl, uh-huh. I'm gonna have an abortion. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that that those are any different than any other abortions? Well, I think I think again that would boil down to the two main issues. First, the bodily autonomy issue. I'll say um, that I think that the woman has a right to not have that in her body, mm-hmm. regardless. Okay. Uh, so, so if it's, if it's not a person, then that's not an issue. Then she mm-hmm. can have it removed if it's not a person. Right. If it is a person, then it boils down to who has more of a right to the woman's body, mm. she herself or this other person. Okay. And so in, 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 so in both cases, I would say the woman has a right to have this, whatever it is, either a person or not a person have that not in her body. Now. That, so that's part of it. The other part would be, and this is where I think the personhood issue is still relevant. Um, and so whether or not it's a person, that would affect how we would get it out of the mother mm-hmm. and what we would do with it. If okay. it's just a, if it's not a person, then it doesn't matter what we do with it. We can, you know, we can throw it away. We can, uh, you know, send mm-hmm. do, uh, experiments on it, or we mm-hmm. can use the stem cells for help cancer patients, or you know, for whatever. Uh, but if it's a person, then once we removed it from the mother, we have an obligation to, you know, minimal, at least minimal uh, amount of care and, right. and assistance, medical assistance. Just like if you would find you're walking down the street and you see somebody got hit by a car and they're laying on the side of the road. You know, you have a certain right. amount of obligation to, you know, to to assist in that kind of thing. So, so, so that would it, be the two um, issues there. Right. When it has to do with that. OK. Um, with these kind of abortion things, would. would so, for instance, we have the FDA who basically mm-hmm. they force um, certain women to take even two preg- – oh, they force all women to take two pregnancy tests before they, they, they're allowed to go on certain medications. And that's because, like, I think there's a medication called Accutane, um, but it's known it's, – I think it's for acne, but it's known to cause birth defects. And mm-hmm. so you see the FDA, they're like, well, we, you know, we're, we're, you have to, you can't be pregnant and take this medication. Um, so do you think that they're just um, not being um, um, consistent with the law? So let's say for the sake of argument that uh, um, abortion is completely legal where this woman lives, she decides she, she you know, she's uh pregnant but she wants to take this medication anyhow the fda won't allow that um mm-hmm. so it, is it that the fda is just being inconsistent with the law or do you think that possibly that they they are putting some kind of intrinsic value upon that uh human being in the womb as well i mean what are your thoughts on that um well i would say uh first of all i would agree with that if it's known to cause birth defects then um, you know, there, there would be, so we have to weigh the, um, you know, the benefit and that would, that would be a risk. And so, um, but the, taking the medication isn't going to affect another person now, but it will affect somebody down the line. Okay. And so, um, if, and so here, we're not talking about, uh, a woman keeping something inside of her body. Yes or no. We're, we're talking about, something that, and, and, and again, we would weigh it against like if it, if it was something for acne or something like that, that was more of a cosmetic thing. Usually not always acne can be, can be serious and, 
and uh, can be a severe issue. Um, but if it but if it were um, not to that level, not to that seriousness, then you know, then we would think, okay, so that so that's not necessarily going to be something that uh, um, you know that 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 could have uh, f- uh, impact on somebody else down the line. For example, on who? Um, well, on somebody that has yet to be. So okay, so that's, that's why I said so, it's not affecting right, anyone right. now. So you're okay. Right. You're okay with intentionally killing or or getting rid of. I won't say killing because we haven't we haven't agreed yet that it's a person. So, but let's just say right. you're okay with intentionally getting rid of this thing and mm-hmm. ending its whatever kind of life it is. But you're not okay with with kind of maiming it or possibly having some kind of other complications. I mean, does this right, all have right. to, so that doesn't seem inconsistent to you that, that not at all, not at all. And okay, I'll tell you so, the difference. Yeah. The difference is that if I kill a cell before it becomes a person, no people are affected there. There is no person that is affected. Okay. But it doesn't become, but you're it talking doesn't about, become a person, but you're talking about potentiality. So, I'm, right. not, I'm not talking about potentiality. Well, I'm talking say, about right, at we, some point down the line, right. a person will be affected. Right. And and by taking that, by a, by having an abortion, some some point down the line, that, that person will be affected too. It won't be there. No, it, no it, it won't. It won't, won't be, be there. A person to be, there won't be a person to be affected. No, but what I'm saying, though, is you're saying that we don't want to use this medication because... When obviously when the person is viable or whatever, um, uh-huh. they, they might have some issues. You're right. saying down so there the road, will be a person. There right. will be a person with those issues. Right. Okay. So so there there so when the person so when it becomes a person, it'll have it'll have those birth defects or whatever. So basically, what what you're saying is is that is that because you're ending this uh, life of the zygote or whatever, it won't be. So there's no harm done, but because uh, this other uh, person or this other thing that will become a person, then we'll have problems that Mm -hmm. that's the issue. Right. Okay. So so, so it's it's hard for me to see the difference. One, if you terminate, one is going to be potentially maimed and one is going to be, you know, in the future is going to be maimed and and one in the future is going to be dead. No, it's, there is nothing that's going to be dead in the future. There's no being that's going to be dead. No person that's going to be dead. It never becomes a person. But at the time, what I'm saying though, is at the time that maybe they're taking this medication, who's to say that, 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 that thing isn't uh, a person yet. So what difference does it make if you want to throw it away or if you want to abort it, or if you want it to be, have all these kind of defects, right? Like what difference does it make at that point? Well, the difference is that at some point down the line, there will be a person who will be damaged. Okay. I, I, now, I, if, well, yeah, if we'll you, have to if go you abort, for it because I, I, if, just, I just think that we're, we're ta- you're talking the same thing. It's just semantics. You're, talk- you're, you're talking but, about. But a, a, yeah, a terminated pregnancy will not ever be a person. Oh, all right. Right? 
No, no. It, well, well, if you terminate it, you well, not according to it, me. I can't say it because you. I, I think you are killing a person, but that's it, we, if, we if, haven't established. You know, set, setting that setting that distinction aside, though, right. if if we agree that at some point in the stage before it's a person, if it's mm-hmm. terminated before that point, then it won't ever be a person. We're mm-hmm. not talking about a situation where there's going to be a person that's damaged. That's yeah, cut it's off. It's going to be a person that's dead. <laughs> I know. No, it's, it, I know. I know that. Yeah. I know you don't think that. I, I get that. I do. I just think that in one, we're killing one uh, as an abortion because that person has potentiality. He he will if if left uh, to continue with the processes that he will be a human being, and so uh, we're taking that life regardless of if. If it's before uh, they have you gang or you, status, like you, you can't claim take a life. Autonomy. You can't take a life if there's no life to be taken. Well, you can dam- you can damage a life though. You can damage a life because that doesn't stop the life from becoming. Yeah, but you're again. We're talking about potentiality, right? This person. I'm, I'm this- not talking about potentiality. I'm talking about actual people that are damaged. Right. If there's birth defects, there's an actual person that's damaged. Right. If it if you did if you abort the pregnancy before it becomes a person, there is no person that is damaged. Okay, we'll have to de- uh, agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> okay. So I, I mean I know you think it like seems so clear and simple to you, right? I, I, and we've talked about this before. Like I, I realize that you think like how can he not get this? One is going to be this person outside the womb, crippled, and the other one just won't ever exist. Like, I get your position. What I'm right. saying, though, is I think that the life, the one that was aborted, has potentiality, and that by taking it, we are snuffing out its potentiality so so that it does have rights in that there's those potential rights as, as, a, as, as, a, as a human. But we just have to agree to disagree because, I, I, I mean, I think I understand your position. I think you understand mine. We just... Um, we just disagree on that. But anyhow, okay. let me let me ask you a couple of questions as far as uh, I, I'd like to get your take on something, um, a, a particular analogy. This isn't the violinist analogy. This is another one, the short, shorter one. So we're talking okay. about bodily autonomy, at like absolute mm-hmm. bodily autonomy. And so um, I see that we kind of we don't have that. Uh, in in regards to other things in life, right? I mean, would you agree that I don't have, you know, I can't um, do anything I want to, obviously, that hurts someone else. And I can't even do certain things that would just hurt me. I can't take certain drugs and things like that. So my my question is, is this, um, do you think it's consistent to say, um, you know, from your position, consistent to say, we could tell you what you can and cannot do with your body, except for in this particular circumstances. And then if not, what's the distinction? Um, well, what I'm, what do you mean the except in the circumstances? I'm not sure. What you mean. Uh, well, so like abortion. So like um, we could tell you that you can't take certain drugs. We could tell you that you can't um, take this Accutane drug that, that's going to make this person, uh, or this potential uh, baby deformed, mm-hmm. we, we tell you that you can't hit other people. We tell you that you do all these other things. Right. Um, so we, we don't have absolute bodily autonomy, but there, so there are certain things we tell you you can't do with your body. 
or that's right. in your body. So how, um, like, I'm just asking what the distinction is. What's the difference between like those instances and say like abortion? Mm-hmm. I would say that, um, you know, I would disagree with many of the limitations or many of the laws that we have that say you can't do certain things. So maybe um, some of those are just being inconsistent with, um, well, there's like the law and then there's, right. Con- right. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the law is the law. And so, you know, whether or not I, I agree with the laws is, is a separate issue. There's going to be some laws that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that, um, you know, I, uh, is lo- there might be circumstances where we would consider somebody to be uninformed about the repercussions of doing something and we might caution them or warn them or ask them to uh, make sure that they understand what's going to happen if they mm-hmm. do that. Like, let's say, let's say drugs, for example. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I think le- uh, recreational drugs should be legal. Um, and, be, and for the exact same reason that, that I've argued here, you know, we should, mm-hmm. we should have a right to do what we want with our bodies, as long as we're not harming other people or uh, have, have a good chance of harming somebody else. Okay. Right. And so, uh, so I don't think there's an inconsistency there. If, if we're saying you can't take heroin, um, you know, there could be, uh, we we could argue that uh, you're not in your right mind if you can if you are an addict if mm-hmm. you're addicted to heroin you're you're not necessarily making that choice mm-hmm. uh, you're having your your uh, your will is being uh, usurped at that right. point by the by the addiction and right. so uh, so that could be part of that that could be part of that argument um, and so you know so I think there's differences there I think for the large part I would say that you should be able to do what you want with your own body. Right. Um, as long as you're not infringing on somebody else's rights. Okay. So, um, as it as it as it as it is to this bodily autonomy um, business. So, some people have have um, uh, looked at it or um, given some kind of analogy as as almost like it's an unwanted like intruder, almost so to speak, um, as far as the baby goes. So. Um, like I'm thinking of times where it's just say you and I have a boat and it's, it's Scott and Jamie, I don't know, fishing tours. It's a big boat, okay. charter boat or something mm-hmm. and a ship. And we're in the middle of the sea and, and we find a, a stowaway, right? We can't mm-hmm. just pitch him overboard. We right. have some kind of moral obligation, even though that is our boat. I own mm-hmm. that boat. That is my boat. I could do basically whatever I want on this boat, mm-hmm. but of course I can't pitch him overboard or say, um, say we're down in, um, okay, let's say you, you have a, we have a house in Kansas and mine's a slab. You got a basement. I come running over cause the, the, uh, the twisters here sounds like a freight train. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Scott, open up, Scott, open up. So you let me down in your cellar. And then at some point we get into a discussion cause we would, and we get into an argument because <laughs> no, no. cause we would. And you're like, you know what? Good lit. You're out of here. Like, uh, and like there's tornado, you know, there's a tornado. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you'd be held morally culpable for kicking me out in the middle of a tornado or for, th- or we would be held culpable for throwing somebody out mm-hmm. of, off their boat. Um, right. And so even though that person was unwanted, mm-hmm. um, we just, we just weren't able to do whatever we wanted. Uh, with them. And so I think that has something to do with a time. And I know analogies can't be perfect, right? right. And I, I can't come up with another analogy that is like 
you know, that, that has another human inside another human. It's a, that mm-hmm. would be, that would be the case itself. And so I know analogies right. aren't perfect, but like, what do you well, think about those instances where sure. you have those? Well, let's take, let's take the boat example. Okay. let's take the boat. So we're out on our fishing boat and we find that there's a stowaway. So we certainly have a right to remove the stowaway from the boat. Right. But the fact that is the person there, we, we have certain obligations as to how we can remove them. We can't throw them overboard right mm-hmm. at the spot, but what we can do is we can pull into the nearest port and then kick them off. Okay. And, and that's within our rights because right. we own the boat. Right. Right. And right. so, so that, so that's kind of, so that's where I'm saying that, that there's that, uh, you know, the bodily autonomy just means we, we certainly have a right to kick the person off the boat. So you would and, say and, though, not only ask you this because it has to do with exactly has to do with this. So, so, okay. so let's say that, that, that we were able to find in some way, either through philosophy or science that, that, um, personhood or, <clears throat> or that, or that, or that being begins mm-hmm. a conception at that point. Okay. Um, right. just, just for thought experiment. And, okay. Um, so for the sake of argument, let's we're, say we're I'm agreeing- right. Then I'm right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cut. Okay. We're done. No. So let, yeah, just for the sake of argument. So let's say we have that. Um, and um, so you at that point would be opposed to abortion because I think it would be analogous to the, the stowaway on the boat. Um, unless you're able to remove it in a way that it could still survive and live. So in that instance, like it's the stowaway, it's not necessarily about autonomy, but it, in that case, it's about personhood. Okay. Is that correct? Um, or no? Well, see, well, the personhood would affect the man, you know, that would affect our responsibility as to how we could have this thing removed or how we could have the person removed from the boat or how we can have this person removed from the mother's body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if we, so again, for sake of argument, we're assuming that uh, a fertilized egg is a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then, uh, so then we, we need to consider a couple of things. First of all, can it survive outside of the mother? Um, if we, if we, uh, you said before, well, no, that- kinda, what I'm, what I'm suggesting though, regardless, because you put viability as mm-hmm. having personhood, I don't, uh, right. I, I just say that it's, that, that it is that I'm giving him these rights at conception. It has right, personhood. Right. Now, so yeah, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that for the, for the sake of this answer here. Right. So if we're assuming that then, um, then, you know, you mentioned before you were, you were okay with uh, fertilized eggs that didn't implant, right? You you just mm-hmm. got, thought you we called that just part of the natural cycle of you know the natural unfortunate, unfortunate but it's right. life. But you know right. it's ironically we say it's part of life, right? It's, right. And so um, you know so if we so the mother would have the right to remove it from her body, um, and then you know then we would be and if it was a person we would be responsible to give a reasonable amount of, of life-saving effort. Okay. Um, so, right. In that case, it's, it's, it's about, um, um, like for instance, with the stowaway, it's not because you own the boat, you could do whatever you want on it. At some point it's like, Hey, um, yeah, I own the boat, but I can't throw this guy off. I know he doesn't swim or in the middle of the ocean. I'm going to kill him. I can't do it that way. Right. And the, so, the, so that, that would interfere with bodily autonomy, but it would, it's doing so because, 
um, we're talking about an, another person. So, well, it wouldn't interfere with bodily autonomy. What I mean, it would affect the manner in which we would have to remove it. We could remove it carefully, and then and then if it survived, right. then great. And if it didn't, then that's just natural death. And so, basically, analogous of we would take the stowaway back to land and kick him right. off. And then at that point, hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm not responsible for you. Right. Well, let me ask you a question, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the idea that the, the the reason that we um believe that life begins at conception mm-hmm. is because we believe that human existence begins at conception, like it now begins to exist. And having that quality along with having it, you know, having its own form, meaning that it, 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 it has its own potentiality. It, it's, it's not a, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say it's not a part of the whole because you disagree with me on that. But, um, do you not think that that was a better answer than some of the other times we've talked about that the, the idea that that conception, that's the first time that, that you could really abort anything and that those well, other instances beforehand are are really, um, I don't mean to say arbitrary, but it really don't matter in terms of the subject we're talking about, in terms of abortion. And, you know, we, we believe existence begins at conception. And so, therefore, um, and the reason we believe that is <clears throat> obviously well, we, that's- We being you. Yes, that's, I mean, my camp, pro-life camp, right. I'm not talking about you, okay. yeah. No, no, right, no, no, no. Right. I know you don't believe that. But what I'm saying as a pro-lifer, we believe that existence begins at conception because, mm-hmm. obviously, the, the, the see, the only thing difference between, um, say, between us as, as fully developed um, humans and the um, children in the womb um, or the life in the womb when you look at why we sometimes why we consider uh, conception as the starting point is because there there's there's only four things separate us, you and me, from the unborn as far as um, as far as our potentiality or our or our beingness um, as humans, and that's our size, our level of development, our environment, and degree of dependency. And so um, those four things, um, I don't think any of those um, would qualify as saying, uh, well, if you're lacking in one of these areas, then then you're either not human or you don't have, or you're not a person or you don't have, or you have less personhood rights than somebody else, you know, just because Mm -hmm. I'm smaller than someone. So those are the only real four things that separate um, us from them. And so when, when you look at from the moment of conception, if those are the only four things separating us from them, I don't see um, any of these for being good reasons to, um, to uh, imply personhood towards, particularly when you could apply any of these to adults, like they could lose some degree of dependence, so they'd be severely dependent on other people, mm-hmm. or or um, so the environment. I think you would have a case in terms of the bodily autonomy, but that you know, I mean, that's that doesn't um, 
say anything towards the personhood. You know, that's a totally right. different issue. Well, that's so, that's why I said that's why I said we're you know at at a stage of development where one would normally be viable, where one would normally be able to live separately. You know, I, I differentiated that from an abnormal individual, and and so if there's an abnormality, if there's some, there's an illness, there's a you know an injury of some sort. Uh, that that makes one dependent on others. You know, that's a different that's a different situation. That's an injured individual, right? Okay, so because they're because they're at a stage of development where they would normally be independent, but they're not, and so right, and so so yeah, it's a damaged. So, that's that's how we define as a damaged so, individual. So I guess what I well, guess what I'm trying to find from you is is I I know that I know that we <clears throat> stopped talking about this because we were kind of going in circles. I don't uh-huh. necessarily want to repeat it. And I don't care if this is in or out of the um in or out of the podcast. It doesn't matter to me. I just wanted to come back to this because I'm sincerely uh-huh. in trying to answer your question right. the best I can that, that would that would be satisfactory. That we'd say, oh yeah, I see that. I disagree, but I see that. Right. Uh-huh. So that isn't because well, you, you think it's kind of arbitrary our picking right. of conception, even though it's a major, uh, major point in the process, you sort of like, Hey, that's still just one point in the process. I, I agree. It's a major step in the process. It's a major stage of development and it's required. And there's also many other major stages of development. For example, um, if you remove a woman's ovaries, then mm-hmm. the, there, there can be no babies coming from that anymore. Yeah, I've never you, disagreed that, that you there tie, has to be you know, other things f- that happen first. Right. But so, you, but you're saying trying- that that's the first stage we could we could do an abortion. And I'm, what I'm saying is that we can we can stop we can stop this development process at any of these number of stages. You can remove the ovaries. You can right. tie the tubes. You can you know chemically treat it so it won't implant. Right, but um, the difference is this: you and I aren't having a podcast about why are why are we legalizing people tying their tubes, right? We're having right, a podcast because, because we on agree abortion. on that. We we're 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 having a podcast talking about the points that we disagree on. Right, there are some I, points right, that we agree so, on. But what I'm ta- what I'm saying though is 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 that conception, that point in the process. The reason that we say that, hey, this is where it fundamentally where existence begins. The Mm -hmm. reason now you may disagree with me, but the reason why we say that 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 is at this point is because there's a third a third person involved now. I don't want to say person, a third, a (laughs) third living, a third, you know what I mean? A third living um, human or a third human involved now that isn't um i mean that has potentiality right so that this well, you're, thing, you're assuming your conclusion there you're, you're by calling it so a third wait. human no no well you're saying well, it's a person because it's a human no well, no that, personhood and human are two different things a right? human so, no i would right. say a, a person and a human are the same thing Okay, so let's distinguish between the two because I didn't mean to, to, I wasn't trying to conflate those two. So what I'm saying is, uh, it is human. It's human, right. right. And it was human before conception. Right? It wasn't canine, right? right? Before conception, it was human. But again, again, uh, like I said, and and maybe this is where the distinction is. It was different. I, I, I think you're confusing the parts with the whole. Because the egg is a part, the sperm is a part, but because now the egg is fertilized and that there is this third set of DNA that 
left to this normal process that we call pregnancy, that mm-hmm. this will as will will develop and develop mm-hmm. into a human being. So that's Maybe. why. Okay, well, let, let's just say, given all the perfect circumstances and mm-hmm. a perfect pregnancy and a perfect birth and a perfect mm-hmm. eighteen years of living. Okay. What I'm saying is, is the reason we pick conception is because we believe that, that at that moment now, it is separate from the mother or father. And right, that that's what you believe. The, so, it, it, so it is the mother? Is this zygote the mother? It's in the mother. It's a part of the mother, Scott. It can't be the mother. It is a separate DNA. It's a zygote. And it's, I need to take some Advil. My head hurts. So you're trying to tell me that a fertilized egg is not separate from the mother. I don't see any reason why you would think that. I just gave you some to think that. No, it has you just DNA. It has DNA that's not the mother's and not the father's. And unlike but other we've, DNA, we've talked of about other lots of parts, situations where that's the case. We've talked right, about lots but, of situations where there's different DNA. But that DNA won't ever develop as a human, as a human being. It it, it will develop as right. cancer so or it could it'll become develop a human as something being. else. It could become a human can, being. The cancer cells could become a human being? No, the fertilized egg could become a human being. Yeah, it, if left to the whatever normal processes that it normally goes through. It will develop as a human, right? So it'll go from being a zygote to being the right. other thing to being a fetus, right? And so that's why I'm saying so that it's it not is a human at the time. The that it no, what it's do you mean? part of the at mother's body. A fertilized egg. It's part of the mother's body. It's being nourished by the mother's systems. Well, it's just because it's it's it just because it's dependent upon the mother doesn't mean it is the mother. Right, and just bec- and and that doesn't mean that doesn't give you a reason to think it's not part of the mother. Well, when when someone goes in and has an abortion, okay, mm-hmm. does the mother end up dead? No, just like when they have a manicure, the mother doesn't end up dead. Right, and again, I said you're you are confusing the parts with the whole because, and this is why I'm saying this because it will become. A fully developed human being. Skin cells will never do that. Um, As will an unfertilized DNA. egg. An unfertilized egg right. with, with ideal circumstances right. will eventually become a human being. An unfertilized egg? Yeah. No, hold on. I'm confused. You said an unfertilized egg. Right. You, well, Jamie, were an unfertilized egg at one point. Correct. And you became a every no, human being no, that's ever ever been born. I wasn't. I was at some point I, was an unfertilized egg. I didn't. I didn't exist until that was that was my mother's DNA strictly. That was solely her DNA. I didn't exist in my mother's egg. But but we know that was that my mother's DNA. DNA. That separate but, DNA is not the distinction here. Well, it says you. Well, but you agree. You're assuming that, that. You're assuming that we can have two people that have identical DNA and be separate individuals. Yes or no? Oh, say that one more time. We can have two people that have identical DNA mm-hmm. and be separate people. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. We can have one person that has thousands of different genomes within their body and still be one person. Yes. 
Okay, so then clearly no, DNA no, is not no, because, you, is not tied to personhood. Oh, it's a part. Scott, it's a step in the process. It's a step in the process. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's a step in the process. It's a critical step in the process, as they all are. But if if the sperm never fertilizes the egg, okay, I would have never been. Correct. Okay, so so yes, so all of the steps have to, me, to happen. Right. Yes, they do. I've never disagreed with you. And if Why? the egg never and, left the ovary, and, you never and, would be. You're right. You're right. But what I'm saying is, is the reason why I say that that spot, that why conception um, seems to be a better marker is because um, at that point now, I am not uh, egg DNA, strictly mother's DNA, and I am not right. sperm, strictly father's DNA. Correct. I'm a th- third set of DNA. Right. That has potentiality to be a human being. Okay. And so, yeah, that that's why I say that that the cons- all I'm looking for is for you to say, yeah, I could see why you would think that that that, that that's, does but seem I, I have, less I haven't arbitrary. heard any I haven't heard any <clears throat> reasons. Okay, you haven't given you've you've said over and over again this is happening this is different than this DNA is different than this other Are those DNA not reasons. And you haven't said, therefore it must be a person because of blank. Okay. Therefore it must be a person. So how do we define a person? How are you defining a person? How am I defining a, like a, a person yep. or a human? I'm using but those two terms interchangeably. Let, no. All right. All right. So, We've already talked about this, that there's a difference between a human and a person in that something could be human and not a person, right? So that, We've talked well, about that. I, I wouldn't, there's <laughs> different be, a difference between something being human, adjective, and being a human, a noun. Okay. Okay. So my ear <clears throat> is human, but it's not a human. Okay. Right? So, and I would so say- An unfertilized is, egg right. is human- Right. But not a human. Correct. Okay. I completely agree. And right. the reason we say conception is, is because at that from that point on, we have uh ex um 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 why am I having a brain fart here? Um potentiality. This is now But the, we don't gain potentiality there. It, their potentiality was always there. There's potentiality in an unfertilized egg too. Yes, we're we're never going to come to agreement on this. I, well, I don't, answer that question I don't, then. What's that? Is there potentiality in an unfertilized egg? There is no potentiality for just an unfertilized egg to become a human being. So n- no fertilized egg can become a human being. No unfertilized egg can become a human being. It has zero potentiality. All it will ever be, left on its own. Like without the sperm, all an egg will ever be is just the egg. No, no, that's part of the special circumstances around that. I'm, I'm saying that's part of the normal process. I don't, I don't think I understand. Like, right? So, like, the egg mm-hmm. has no other potentiality other than to be DNA so, of the mother. So you're, sa- so you're and saying d- an, an, an egg, an unfertilized egg, cannot become a human. 
Right, without sperm. No, no, that's, I'm not saying, I'm not having any caveats here. I'm saying just on it, just that a okay, bare well, question. that's ridiculous. Of course, no, that's ridiculous. Of no, course it's not. It has, it's a legitimate of question. It become, of course it will become, uh, uh, it has potentiality to become uh, okay. a human. All right, then we agree. But the first point in that process is conception. But you just said uh, an unfertilized egg also has potentiality. So that's not the first point in the process. Because it doesn't gain potentiality. Sure, it gets closer. It's closer to becoming a human. But it's not, you know, that's not the first point where it has potentiality. Okay. All right. Well, we're we're just going to have to agree to disagree. If the fertilized egg implants, then it's even closer to becoming a human. And if the cells start to divide, then it's even closer. Right. And I if the that, organs start to develop, right. it's even closer and right. so on but and so I th- on. I think that I gave a good case by saying, and I know you're going to keep saying DNA doesn't mean it's an individual. What right. I'm saying and you is, agreed. what's that? You agreed. I mean, I agreed that it, it has potential to not be. No, you agreed that, that wasn't. you agreed that we can have two, uni- uh, two individuals that have the same DNA and we mm-hmm. can have one individual that has multiple different DNAs. Right. So, yeah, I did agree to that. So but that doesn't DNA, mean that I agree. But DNA that does mean- not equate to individuality. DNA but, does not equate to personhood. But I, I didn't say anything about personhood. See again, and maybe we need to define terms, or maybe so, we just. So do you need think identical twins? Do you think identical twins are two pre- two people or one person? They're identical twins. Okay. So again, one genome, two people. <clears throat> right. So does it make a difference if? What I'm saying, though, is is you deny that the DNA from a fertilized egg, you, you deny that it's not unique in that of human, a human DNA unique, and that it's the, the, the earliest step in the process of uh, at conception where an abortion can occur. Well, technically, an abortion can only occur if there's a pregnancy, and a pregnancy begins on implantation. That's a medical okay, term. Okay, so all right, so so let me let me say it this way. Okay. I think the fuss about all of this is that we believe existence begins at conception. You believe existence begins at. Or you believe personhood begins at viability. I believe Correct. existence begins at conception. Okay? Existence so of my what? My existence. My existence. Right. Okay. Existence of a human that is a living organism. And it's human. And right. It's, that and you, it, you, and it is, right. And said- it is in itself. It is in it. In and of itself, a human that will grow into a human being. Let me give you an example of of the kind of thing I'm expecting, I'm asking Uh. you as far as reasoning. Okay? Hmm. Um, Viability is the first time that the fetus can exist without assistance on its own. Mm Mm-hmm. Without assistance on its own, it's fu- it's not using the mother's systems anymore. It's using mm-hmm. its own systems, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that makes it an individual at that point. Individual but, meaning separate. 
Individual meaning okay, separate. Okay, so you're talking, you're talking about environment. So you're talking about location now. So location. No, I'm not is, talking about location. Part I'm talking of, a part of a, a de- so so if you're connected in any way to any other individual, then you're not an individual. If you're not at a stage where you could, where you normally would be independent, then then no, then you're not. Then if you're using somebody else's systems, you're not an individual. You're part of them. So what about Siamese twins? They so, si- use, so that would be an Siamese. abnormality. That would be an abnormality. So, right? so is that one person or is that two? That's an abnormal. It doesn't people. matter. It doesn't matter. Is it, 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 it? You're talking about they're beyond the person. point. Okay, be- yeah, right. So they're viable. They're beyond the point where they would normally be viable separately. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's totally consistent. And so, yeah, but you said that that, so your reasoning, see, now my mind's starting to get fried because we're already a minute or an hour and a half into this thing. I, I didn't get but to finish you, my, my example of reasoning, though. Okay, okay I, I, didn't get, I didn't get to finish. Okay, go so ahead. because, so we, we associate individual rights with individuality. And you're that, defining. That's why it's you're not defi- arbitrary. So, so, so you're defining, though, individuality as something outside of the womb that is completely unattached to anyone else. No, I'm saying I'm not saying that it's unattached to anyone else. I'm saying that it doesn't have to be attached to something else. If a if a fetus is viable and they have to remove it, then it's fine. Hmm. I'm just wondering how how um dependency now being dependent upon one thing or another. It's not a dependent. Uh, it, it can't be dependent because it's not one thing and another thing. It's one thing. Okay, but you're assuming that it's one thing until it's it's dependent on its own. That's what you're think. That's what you're assuming. That's the assumption there. Well, it is. You haven't I made mean, that. It, you it, haven't. No, it, you haven't made that case just because. Just because. Well, take, why take is for your, instance. Okay. Take for instance a a baby who's eight months in the womb. Mm-hmm. Right, it's still attached. Uh, it's still using the mother. Um, you know, it's still gaining nutrients from the mother. It's still, it's, it, you know, it's still dependent upon the mother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yet you would still say that since it could be removed and sustain on its own, then it's viable. So you're saying then that we attach value. Then, if it could sustain itself, we're going to give it value. I didn't say value. I said we. Okay, I well, said we'll in, give it personhood or whatever you want to call yeah. it. So if it right. if it's an individual, then it gets individual rights. And you define individual as something that could sustain itself on its own. Well, of course. Okay, so it it doesn't matter where it's at. It that could be in normally, the mother's womb. That would normally or it could be in the. It, on the moon, it doesn't matter. It, as long as it would be able to sustain itself, you consider that an individual. As long as it's at a stage where it normally would be able to sustain itself. Okay. So, all right. So your reasoning for saying viability is that it is uh, at that point uh, at a position where it could sustain itself. And that's your reason. Yeah. Okay, so that is your reason for choosing uh viability and 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 then and personhood mm-hmm. is is based upon that. Yeah. 
right? So you don't believe that human beings, so to speak, come into existence until they are viable, so to speak, right? Or until they can, uh, they, they would normally be able to be viable on their own. Right. Yeah. They transition from something that's becoming so, a human being, kind of like a pile of wood is not a house. There's going to become a point during the building process where you say, okay, now it's a house. You can have the plans all ready to go. You can have all the lumber stacked up. You can have the workers ready to go. You can have, you know, the concrete poured, but in, there's going to be a point where you say, okay, now it's a house. It, it has walls and it has a roof and a door. It's a house. Up until that point, it's becoming a house. Okay, so so it's it, build. It, you it, can't. So, yeah, sorry. So what ahead. I'm asking, what I'm asking is though, is so that person does not exist until it it can be an individual or it can be able to sustain itself. There's not a person that exists prior to viability. No. Okay. I disagree. And the reason why I disagree is because I think that regardless of stage of development, that it is still human and it is not, it's distinct from the mother and father and it is a whole in it of itself. Those are my reasons. You no, might that, that was your conclusion. That's your conclusion. You might, no, those are my That's reasons. Your, you could. You just restated the same. To see, I'm failing to see. You just said the same thing reasons, over three times why, in a row, just using different are, words. Why you said exactly your, the same thing. What do you mean? I said exactly the same thing. Like you what? said what it's you distinct. Mean? It's an individual. It's a person. That's all means the same thing. You just said the okay, exact so, same thing three different ways and said that was reasons. Okay. And what? So what's the problem with that? Is that not? Do you, do you no? You disagree just that that's not reasons. You just can't restate your conclusion using different words. I. I you you know. do. You do. You say, oh, viability. You, you said viability is uh -huh. what is 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 what you use. And when I asked you, um, to, you know, to go into detail, you said viability is being able to be on your own. Uh huh. And so I say that separate genetic. I said more DNA, than that. I said more than that. Okay, but I, I guess I'm failing to understand. And, and, and listen, we're probably going to have to call this a day because I just don't understand, Scott, why I can't, why I'm unable to explain. Um, this idea, like I, I'm, and I'm also failing to understand how it's okay for you to say, I'm giving you reasons why I think personhood should be established at a certain point. And then I say, well, I'm giving you reasons why I think personhood should be established at a certain point. Mm -hmm. And you're saying mine don't count. And I'm explaining why. So explain to me one more time. Sure. I'm sorry. I want to understand why my reasons can't count as reasons. Because you're just repeating your conclusion using different words. You're saying at this point it's distinct, it's different, it's, you know, it's But I'm a not being. saying it's a I'm not say, I'm not right. So like you're endowing personhood with viability and I'm endowing personhood 
at conception. I, I don't understand the the difference. The difference is you have is- your reasons for giving viability, and I have my reasons for giving conception. What what is wrong with the reason? I believe that since there is a, a distinct DNA that now and it's and it is human, and it and it has potentiality to be a human being. That that now is an existence of a new being. I don't understand why you can't accept those as good reasons for that. Okay, we've t- we talked about DNA. And that's not that's not the reason, because we talked about situations where DNA was separate from from personhood. Right, and I'm arguing. And I'm talk- arguing that I'm the DNA. Done. I'm not done. We also talked about potentiality, and there's potentiality before conception. We also talked about about development could develop into a human being. And that, that that's true along the whole state. So what you're saying, you're not giving me any reasons that differentiate that stage from other stages. Yeah. Different things happen, but it's, but you're not telling me, you're not giving me what makes that stage special as opposed to other stages. What I'm saying is that on vi- prior to viability, we have these, these things are interwoven inseparable. Okay. Inseparable one thing. After viability, separable, two things. It's kind of like if you take a snowball, cut it in half. Before you cut it in half, you have one snowball. After you cut it in half, you have two snowballs. So why can't I say that about conception? Because Because there's no distinction at that point. The DNA changes as part of the process of developing into a person. Scott, we're never, we're never, listen, we're never going to agree on this. What about this? I, I just, Let me ask you one more thing, okay? Uh, I, I know it's I know I'm it's late. So, I'm so I'm so frustrated right now, dude. What if, I'm what so if, frustrated. I, you know what? I, and I'm trying to be generous, right? I'm trying to be gracious in thinking that you're just not trying, like you're just not trying to tout the the abortion line. Like I'm thinking to myself, how can he not see what I'm trying to say? Uh, I I just I'm 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 I'm, I'm bl- my mind is blown. I'm 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 just really at a loss that um and I just don't know what else to say. I don't know if I can make my position any more clear. I'm just repeating myself over and over again and I have no idea. I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. the difference between your position and mine. And maybe I have to think about it some more and try to figure out how uh you know the the difference why your stage is different than my stage. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so, so so maybe I'm just gonna have to think about that because so, yeah. I just so why don't, don't we get do it. this? Why don't we why don't we commit to having a recap? You have a rewind. You know, watch the you know watch the replay or whatever. But let mm-hmm. me ask you this, okay? If cloning, mm-hmm. where they insert the DNA into the egg and then it grow, they've done it with sheep and stuff, and are, mm-hmm. they might have done it with human beings. I don't know. Is a cloned mm-hmm. human being not a person? Because the 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 DNA would be identical to the mother's. No, it is a. Uh, what it would be identical to the mother's. If they took the mother's DNA and injected it into the egg and cloned the mother, would that be a person? Because that the DNA is identical. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it would be a person. Yeah. And you don't see how that conflicts with what you've been arguing the whole time. 
No, only because I think the DNA is, is, I'm just trying to use that DNA to distinguish um, that there's a, a third party. So it's necessary, but not sufficient, is what you're saying. Um, it, try it, explain to me what you mean by that. I mean, I think I know what I mean by that, but I want to know what you mean by that. So it's part. It's a. It's an important part of the process, but it's an incomplete process. We can, as far we, as conception, we can separate that step from the process. We can we can have a egg with identical DNA, and you're still calling it a person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you don't see how that just undercuts the whole the whole thing you've been saying. No, because I again I think our argument in lies the parts from the whole. I, because when I what I when I'm bringing in DNA, what I'm trying to establish is that there's a there's a third party there. And would and that not be saying, the case with the and clone? You're saying it would be. That's all I'm trying to distinguish is there's a third party. The reason why I chose conception is because that's a third party. And it's human as far as it's of human origin, and it's a third party. I'm not trying to say that D- DNA makes it a person. I'm trying to say that when I'm trying to use DNA, I was trying to use it as a, um, um, like, I don't know, like a hard break. Like, okay, we had two um, individuals and now we have three. So I think our problem, I think where we're, where we're at, at odds now is I think that that third set of DNA is a whole. It is a, uh, it is a human, and you're saying no, it's not. It's a part of the mother. That's I think that's where lies the rub. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I I suggest we stop here. You can take the last word if you'd like, and mm-hmm. let's let's just. I don't think we're gonna improve if we keep going. All right. I just, uh, you know what? I have, I think, one more thing to think. So, like, would you call dough a pizza? Would I call dough a, a pizza? A big lump of dough. Would you call a big lump of dough pizza? Uh, no. Would you call a piece of pepperoni a pizza? Nope. Yeah. When you put them together, you're like, hey, pizza. They could become that, pizza, that's, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Is before that you just have dough, you just have pepperoni. It's at this point in the process that now it can become it's it's fertilized and now it has potentiality. As far as it, it, you can't go back, like it it's a done deal. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense, and I don't know if I just I probably just repeated myself for the five hundredth time. Well, I offered you the last word, so we can end. So we can end there. All right, uh, you know we oh, made it through that, Scott, and, Scott, and we're still Scott. friends. We're still friends. Go figure. Well, we'll speak um, for so. yourself. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> now. Who's getting a little jumpy? Huh? I'm just teasing. All right, all right. Well, okay. So anyway, so that was kind of our take on on the uh, on the situation. And so now we're going to move on to uh, Jamie has a little bit uh, coming up in Oh, the Humanity. Oh, the Humanity. 
And now we're going to jump into a little bit we call Oh, the Humanity. And in this particular bit, we talk about some of the things that we as human beings do that often uh, impede us from really finding out the truth. There are things that are just about our nature that we find ourselves falling into different little traps, so to speak. Last time, uh, Scott, if you remember, you did a little bit about cognitive dissonance, and it's something that we all do as human beings. And um, in this particular episode, I want to talk about something, again, that we all as human beings have a tendency to do, and that is called confirmation bias. That sounds kind of devious. Sometimes it is, but typically what you see in confirmation bias, a lot like some of the others, is we really don't know it's happening. It's almost a defense mechanism. So the definition of confirmation bias is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories, or sometimes it's the tendency to interpret or to look for new evidence that might confirm one's existing beliefs or theories. And so basically, we want to find evidence that backs up what we already believe. So kind of like, uh, you know, nowadays you hear a lot about people talking about echo chambers. Would you say that it's related to something like that where people where people just... Uh, listen to others who have their same views. You know, we'll only watch the news station that agrees with me, and I'll only subscribe to the blogs that agree with me. That kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about? That that could be a part of it. So that is kind of like the culture, right? So um, we, we, we tend to find ourselves uh, as human beings to latch on to some of our, our real basic beliefs and we defend those beliefs at all costs because for most of us, a deviation in these beliefs or, or dare I say that, that we change our mind would in a lot of cases uh, more than rock the boat. Sometimes it would sink it. And what I mean by that is this. Sometimes uh, let's just take someone in uh, Islam. So someone who is a Muslim uh, within their worldview, within their religion, apostasy or walking away from their religion is, is something that is seriously shunned. And so typically, if you're a Muslim, your family's Muslim, your, uh, your workers and your coworkers are Muslim, the people you hang out with, your friends, they're all Muslim. And if you were to walk away from Islam, and you, you were to convert to anything else, most of the time you would be shunned by your family, your friends. And that is a, a big deal. I mean, that would absolutely rock someone's world. In my particular case, of course, I'm a Christian pastor and I defend the Christian worldview. So if I were to come upon some kind of evidence, some kind of defeater for uh, heaven forbid the Christian worldview th that would absolutely rock my world. I mean, I'm married to a Christian. My children are Christian. Uh, my whole immediate family are Christian. 
my employer is Christian. All of my friends uh, primarily are Christian. And so by walking away, your uh, podcasting from, partner, not Christian, well, not not Christian. So we, we would still we would <laughs> so you'd have a safe haven. here. Everyone's welcome here. Everyone's welcome here. We might actually have a better relationship at that point, wouldn't we? I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, kind of, you know, it kind of undermine the whole idea of the podcast, though. So it, it would, it, we'd have to change it to not or not. Well, it, it, might. it doesn't have quite a nice ring to it. I don't, no, I'm it, not, not as good. <laughs> it doesn't. But I, I might convert to something other than atheism. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, right. You, you're kind of thinking that maybe that was the default. Maybe oh, I don't. Okay. Maybe I convert to something else. But regardless, there is this um, absolute huge life change that would happen if I found my beliefs uh, to be not true or if I was convinced it wasn't true. And so confirmation bias is a way that we uh, as human beings protect um, our core beliefs uh, because it's obviously uh, a lot easier to, to live in comfort in what we believe. And a lot of times it's easier to live a comfortable lie than uh, an uneasy or hard truth. Uh, Frank Turek, a uh, Christian apologist, has said, before and I think that he credits this quote to someone else. I'm not sure who that who that first uh, cause was, but um, Frank Turek says, um, uh, "I caught that. I caught that one there." What did you catch? Did the, you you didn't know who, who was the first cause first of cause. this quote? <laughs> <laughs> eh? Eh? So uh, you like that, huh? So um, uh, he is quoted as saying that m- most people are not on a truth quest; they're on a happiness quest. Uh, they're looking for those things that satisfy them, both uh, in, a, in a spiritual way, in a, a financial way, in an emotional way. And so um, a lot of times people become um, guarded about their beliefs, uh, really apathetic about seeking after evidence for what they believe or actually digging down to see if what they believe is true. They become very uh, apathetic. And, and that's where we see this confirmation bias. Okay, so it's like so, they have a some kind of investment in their in their position. Oh, uh, yeah. It seems it to be just, it seems to be related to uh, to what I was talking about last time to about cognitive dissonance, possibly even a reaction to that. No, that's a really good point. And when you said that there's an investment, I almost think it's an understatement. And and mm-hmm. that might that might be because I'm a Christian and and, and um, my entire life is centered around Christ. It's centered around what I believe um, um, metaphysically, these things that are outside of of the material. And so um, we see this a lot of times when people are afraid that this evidence that they're seeing or this evidence that they're looking for, the evidence they find, that if it isn't going to support their beliefs or, or worse, uh, provide support for a different conclusion, then that's when you see this confirmation bias. They'll disregard evidence uh, or or things that uh, would support some other conclusion or not support their conclusion, and they'll only look for evidence that will uh, back up what they believe. We see this in uh, a lot in politics and in, of course, religion. And so I would say that um, a couple of examples of this. Uh, first, there are um, some atheists who consider themselves 
philosophical naturalists, which uh, I know, Scott, that you are not a philosophical naturalist. What a philosophical naturalist is, is it's somebody who, from the start, rules out anything supernatural. They say there isn't anything supernatural, and so let's go find the natural cause for whatever they're looking for. And I don't want to paint everybody with a broad brush. That wouldn't be fair. But I will say that I think that there are some naturalists, philosophical naturalists, who are not interested personally in a uh, uh, some kind of spiritual or supernatural conclusion. And so they find themselves uh, in this kind of confirmation bias where they're going to say, you know what, I'm not even going to accept evidence that would appear to be supernatural in nature. And I'm only going to accept evidence that's natural in nature. Now, so it's kind of like a presuppositionalism, but on the atheist side. Yes, that I, I would say. Actually, that's a very good um, analogy. And that whole presuppositionalist, uh, um, that is a whole nother podcast, maybe two, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe two, uh, because I probably would have just as much against that as you would. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that kind of idea. And and, and just for our listeners, uh, a, a presuppositionalist is somebody who just kind of presupposes something off the bat and then really doesn't accept any evidence to the contrary. And we see this a lot in different circles. And in a lot of times we see it in Christian circles. We have uh, apologists like myself, um, except for I like to look for evidence and and um, and things like that. Whereas a presuppositionalist, a lot of times they're going to presuppose the God of the Bible, and uh, and then they're going to argue from that perspective. And uh, that is not what I like to do. But uh, yeah, I think a philosophical naturalist kind of presupposes some things up front, and I think it it might have something to do with this uh, confirmation bias. Now. Mm-hmm. I think a little more clear-cut case would be um, I see a lot of uh, people within my own camp, within the own uh, w- within my own Christian community, who are not willing to look at evidence. Period. They're they're not willing to look at any evidence. Mm-hmm. They stay in this state of ignorance. Uh, kind of ignorance is bliss. Uh, because um, they're either too lazy to kind of dive in or they're deathly afraid that that somehow that their ship is going to be rocked and sunk. And so we see this within Christianity a lot where we have people who say, you know what, I'm not even going to look at evidence. I'm going to rule it out. Like a lot of Christians rule out evolution right off the bat. And some of them will rule it out on a theological, uh, on some theological grounds. And while I understand where they're coming from, uh, I don't necessarily agree with them. I would rule out evolution from a science standpoint. That's a whole other podcast. But they sometimes rule it out from um, a theological standpoint, while others rule out evolution out of a confirmation bias. Somehow they see evolution as some kind of defeater for Christianity in that if evolution is true, then there is no God. 
And so they will not accept any evidence for evolution. Even if I, uh, even if I drug it in, if I found the, the bones of the missing link and drug it in and, and threw it down in front of them, uh, uh, you know, th- that they're out, you know, that th- those same kind of people that if, if we found the bones of Jesus, they somehow that, well, that's not Jesus. I'm still a Christian, you know, so mm. all information to the contrary, they're going to disregard uh, because I think a lot of it has to do with fear. Like I said before, nobody wants to think that they're wrong, particularly in something so um, 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 major and so life-consuming as right. one's so, so as foundational one's to yeah right. So would you say it's kind? Of, it seems like it's kind of like uh, like some kind of intellectual stubbornness. You know, they just kind of like cross their arms and huff in the air and say, no, I'm not listening to you. La, 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 la. I'm putting my fingers in my ears. Yes, uh, that is absolutely the case. And of course, there are all kinds of reasons behind um, this confirmation bias. But I think within my own camp, I can I can paint that broad brush and, and say that it's because of fear that somehow their worldview is going to be rocked. And hmm. so um, I know this has happened to me before. I've had to catch myself um, uh, in certain um, uh, political environments, certain information that comes across my desk. Uh, like, for instance, I'll give you a for instance. Uh, I saw um, just recently uh, an article, and I can't even remember who published it. I just read the headline that said genetics is now finding that everyone came from, um, you know, a, a single couple, a single set of people, which would be beautiful. That lines right along with um, a, a literal interpretation of like the Genesis account in the Bible. And mm-hmm. so my my initial instinct was, yeah, great. There you go. Done. You know, uh, right. brush brush my hands off. All right, see, ha-ha. <laughs> you know, Christians won, atheists none. And, and and I stopped myself. And this was just a day or two. I stopped myself and said, "Wait a minute, this is ridiculous. Uh, I am not going to draw any conclusions um, based upon six or seven word headline of right, an right. of an article that I have no idea where it's even from on Facebook." Like, I, I saw uh, one of my friends had posted it, too, and I, I private messaged him and said, hey, listen, you know, don't don't jump to conclusions here. This would be awesome if this were true. But I, I have a sneaky suspicion that there's there's not something right here. It's it, it genetics is not that clean cut. Uh, there are minds much, uh, much greater than mine. Uh, that have been thinking about these kind of things and digging into genetics and genetic research for uh, decades. And, and it's still a little dicey. So uh, we really can't conclude anything based off of something. I don't know where this information came from. All, for all I know, some kid down in his basement decided to write a little blog and then someone <laughs> else picked up on it and, and, you know, And went with it. So, uh, you know, I said, you know what? I think we need to find some kind of if this is if this is more evidence for this or something, I want to see some peer reviewed research. 
I'm just not going to take uh, as much as it would be great because this will um, uh, or this would help my worldview. And that was my initial reaction. My initial reaction wasn't one of like, oh, no, I need to be neutral and I right, need to right. I. You know, I need to lay out all the evidence and I need to think clearly and 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 not presuppose things and not be biased. That was not my first reaction. My first was reaction was, yes, look, ha that, that's it. Game over. Uh, and, and I was happy that I caught myself at like a nanosecond after I thought that and said, that, mm-hmm. that's that's absolutely dumb. What are you thinking? And, uh, and you know, you need to dig a little deeper and find out where this is coming from. So I think that it's inherent, this cognitive uh, dissonance that you talked about last week and the confirmation bias that, that I'm talking about now, we're talking about now, that these kind of things are inherent and, and that, that we have yeah. built as psychological defenses uh, for, for ourselves. And uh, we need to learn... Uh, that um, that uh, uh, a difficult truth in the long run is going to be much better than a comfortable lie. Or what I think is even worse, ignorance and apathy. I think that ignorance right. and apathy are the two absolute worst things within Christendom right now. Uh, there's just a lot of Christians who just really don't care and uh, it's hard for them uh, it's hard for me to get them even interested in seeing evidence or argumentation they just don't care and uh you know they'll put up these different things to try to defend what they believe and we all do this you know oh the humanity we are we are but humans so i think my advice to our listeners is when we see information, we have to know that our initial instinct, probably no matter how hard we try, is going to be to either accept the information because it supports what we believe or reject the information because it doesn't. Right. And I think we need to stop and say, you know what, if we're that certain that what we believe is true, then we need to allow our beliefs to be tested. And in, in to be and to be in the fire and in, in, in to be looked over and worked over and discussed. And um, we need to have opposing views in there. And, and, and we really need um, our worldview to be battle tested. I don't want a worldview that is, you know, we're in our own little conclave and, you know, we don't uh, stick our head out for, for anything or anybody. Uh, I want... Uh, at least I want my worldview to be tested and to either um, fail because of the evidence or or be supported based on the evidence, but not just because uh, it's what I want. Right, right, definitely. I, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. I, you know, it's. I think that's that's an awesome story that you told there, and I. It's uh, you know, thinking is hard. Thinking is hard and it's easy to, to back away from it. So that's, you know, that's great that you were able to, to catch yourself and do that and to, 
kind of force yourself to, to, you made a conscious decision. This is the way I want to be. This is the way I want to think about things. And this is the way I want to approach things and, you know, stuck to your guns. And I think that's awesome. Remember the commercials back in the eighties when they had the, the frying pan and, and the guy held up the egg Oh, right. You know, and then there was the other commercial where the dad storms in into the son's room and he's got all kinds of drug paraphernalia. And he's like, son, where did you where did you learn how to do this? Where did you get this? Who taught you how to do this? And the kid sits up and hollers back. Uh, uh, I learned it by watching you, Dad. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I think almost based upon what you had, um, uh, the example that you had given uh, in the last episode about the cognitive dissonance and, and the story that, that, that you gave about how you went through that and how you personally saw yourself going that way and, and you wanted to um, – uh, learn from it and and prevent it and things like that. Um, I think that that was also one of the reasons why I was able to catch myself in this particular instance because I remembered that. And so, mm. hey, so there's a little uh, a little something there for you, a little, right. little treat, a little well, goodie in your corner. I'll, I'll send you a bill then for my services. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we just bought a house. I ain't got much money left, so. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 can we can we do um, monthly installments? We'll we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll work out the details. Great. I, I'll I'll put my people on it. Sounds good. Well, listen, everybody. I'm glad we were able to talk a little bit about um, in this segment of oh, the humanity about how we are human and how we have certain things that that we put up to kind of defend what we believe, but that they're, they're not really honest defenses, and that we need to be cautious of those things and careful and uh and proceed as truthfully and as honestly as we can i agree well said and that about wraps it up for episode number three please send us your ideas questions and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com if you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode i would recommend a book called on being certain. And this is uh, related, uh, not directly related, but it's uh, very closely related to uh, the confirmation bias, the topic that Jamie talked about in the, or the humanity. And, and uh, basically it's about the idea of certainty and how certainty, um, you know, how, how that is, you know, what is it? What is certainty within our, within our psyche, within our psychology and uh, how will, that uh, how does certainty affect your uh, perceptions? How does it affect your thinking process and that kind of thing? And it was a very fascinating book. Uh, it was a very easy read for me. Um, and it was by a, um, a man by the name of Robert A. Burton, MD. And it's called On Being Certain, Believing You Are Right Even When You're Not. Hmm. So, Jamie, what do you think? What uh, what do you what's your recommended book? Or my recommend my recommendation is going to be Why Pro Life Caring for the Unborn and Their Mothers by Randy Alcorn. Uh, it was uh, a very uh, quick read, and um, uh, I, I guess it, it took a lot of the emotion out of a, a rather emotional kind of topic, and. Uh, and um, a lot of um, kind of getting to the 
what's what's in the roots of this? What what are the roots of this issue? And not only just for people who are considering an abortion, you know, why they should choose life, but also to people who have had an abortion, um, caring because as a Christian, we we believe too that there are many victims, and in, in the case of abortion, including the woman who has had one a lot of times has some issues. And so we, we want to be all encompassing and helpful there. So why pro-life by Randy Alcorn. All right. Thank you, Jamie. And thank all of you for joining us. And we hope you'll be back with us next time when Jamie and I will be continuing our discussion on morality. Uh, and we'll have a little bit of a behind the scenes coverage for this topic. Uh, until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you, to talk to each other. See you later. This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 